London Property, home of Super Prime, where you can find informative, educational and entertaining content covering all aspects of property. Hello and welcome to the London Property Podcast. Today we're in conversation with Mrs. Carlo, who's the founder of Give a Child a Brighter Future. Thank you for having us. So, um, Mrs. Carlo, please tell us, uh, when did you set up the charity? We set up the, informally the charity in 1984 during the war, the civil war in Lebanon. Uh, of course, we were bleeding for our country. So we decided to do something for the children and uh, to send some money to, over to Lebanon so that they can buy few gifts for those children that are running around in the streets, not knowing parents away, parents died. Uh, so... We did it, I think, maybe twice only. And then we decided, well, this is more important that we actually set it up, not informally anymore, just do it and get registered. So it happened in 1985. We registered it as a give a child a toy. Of course, now it's symbolic. It wasn't really to continue giving toys. And I think it helped us through the years. It was... Maybe, how can I say, emotional. We wanted it to go to the heart of people, that some children do not even have a toy during uh, the festive season. And we had it for many years like this. And it has an immediate impact because, you know, a child, no matter what's going on around them, being given a toy is going to, is going to brighten up their... We, we couldn't continue this way. If we, once we were registered, we thought of other projects. So the projects were to have some rooms where we can get to the children inside rather than outside. It was still the, the war was still raging, raging, raging until I think 1991. So what we did, we we had people offering us live places. We called them libraries, where the the child will come whenever. It can, or whenever they can afford to bring their children, you know, during the lull uh, war time, you know, where there are no fighting and so on. They'll bring their children to read, to follow, of course, few things with the assistant over there. So we built about 10 libraries all over the country at the time. And it worked perfectly well. We had educational videos. We had books all over. We had... Um, uh, the children drawing and uh, going into also the drawing into the competitions. So for the next 10 years, we were very busy arranging children to come. Mother wanting to work, so they will leave their children with us or mothers going shopping because they knew they were safe at least uh, over there. This is something that you started from London. No, no, it's all in Lebanon. No, but when you, you when oh, you yes, set up yes, the charity, yes, the setup, yes, so obviously. you were you were really delivering all of this by coordinating from it from here to, to Beirut. Lebanon, yeah, and we set up a committee in Lebanon as well to oversee this transition, the money, the objects, and the idea or the projects that we wanted to to implement at the time. So it worked very well for many many years. Then um, what happened was uh, children were growing and they were, uh, wanted to go to school. So in the early 90s, 
we decided, okay, now the children, they want to go to school. What can we offer them? And I remember in one, one year, we offered for 16,000 children T-shirt with, you know, give a child a toy, and then satchels, shoes, boots. You know, they had nothing. They had nothing to go to schools. We heard even that ch children were going at different days to school with different, you know, to use the, the brother's shoes or the sister's satchel. Oh, my goodness. It was terrible, terrible. So we decided, no, we will give every child that we come across or, you know, through our uh, local friends helping uh, through mayors, you know, handling their little villages, what we could do it. And we did it, actually. And one very important project, I remember, was the hygiene project. Because for many years, you know, there wasn't any hygiene among fa poorer families. So we implemented a, pr a project where we had a group of people coming to the centers and explaining to them and to their parents how they should be sent to school. So we bought them a hygiene kit, a toothbrush, a toothpaste, you know, everything they needed, a brush, everything they needed to, at a very early age, like three years, four years. And we sent them then to school. You know, they, they used to go to school, <laughs> of course, much better than what it was uh, before. So these were the very first project just to start children to live a normal life, sort of. So what we decided then is to, uh, to, to, to start a project called Eye and Ear Project. The Eye and Ear Project, with the help of the Red Cross, because at the very beginning, when we knew nothing, we had to get some help from the, from the Red Cross. The Red Cross is a very big uh, institution. So they used to send us the, their surveys every now and then that this is what it's needed and, and then we would follow. In that particular occasion where we had the INE project, we had a lot of help from the Red Cross because mothers would go straight to the Red Cross asking for help and they wouldn't be able to give the help. So they would tell us, for example, could you please provide us with or, or check the children eyesight, why they're not following classes properly, why they're not hearing very well. So we made an arrangement with a very big company, uh, first to go to check their eyes. If they needed some operation, we will, of course, do it. Or if they need glasses or lenses, we will provide it. So children started getting better at school, thanks to, you know, this uh, project. The second very big project after this was the hearing project. And this particular project was helped by the um, uh, British consulate and embassy in Lebanon. Through our contacts, they heard that we were all going to do this project where the children will come to, to the office, to our office, which we still have now, and, but we needed a special room so the children, you know, they can't have, you know, it has to have a special uh, audition, you know, for the children not to be bothered by extra outside uh, external sounds. sounds and things yeah. like that. And it costs a lot of money, which we didn't have. So here comes the uh, British, thank God, to the British 
embassy and consulate. And they did this room uh, for us. And now we have one of the best speech therapy and audio speech in and Beirut. language. That's fantastic. So the children, they come and they're followed by, by professionals, which we hire and pay to follow the, the child to make sure that when it's over, he can hear pretty well. And sometimes, of course, they need to have uh, hearing aids, which we pay for them, or cochlear operation, which costs a lot of money for, for children who are born with this defect. There are other children that were, they had problems because of the sound of the bombing, you know, of the external sounds. But some of them were born with this uh, problem, and we used to also help. So it's a, a combination of ear and eye uh, project that are until now working perfectly well. So listening to you is so inspiring, and it makes me think that if there was an easy way for you to communicate everything you find out on the ground, then, you know, the, the Lebanese community outside of Lebanon is massive. I mean, it I think the massive. last time I knew the numbers, there was 18 million living outside, yes. 4 million living inside. So if, if you were able to reach all these 18 million people, you'd probably be able to fund person course, by person, project by project quite yeah, efficiently. Exactly. I mean, all my projects, that, all the projects that I've spoken now about, they are still running. Of course, you know, we need funds. Uh, these projects cost a lot, a lot, because you have to hire professionals, you know, f <laughs> at least four or five times uh, uh, a week. But so far, we're doing okay, hence our events. And we have all the time people supporting us throughout the years and so on. Of course, the more we, we, we can get to people and, uh, you know, explain to them what we do, the better it is for any charity, not only our charity. Mrs. Carlo, you obviously have fantastic reach and you're able to really make a difference. And, and I imagine a lot of the money doesn't get wasted at all and goes actually to the purpose. Yeah, so, so for our listeners who, who, who want to help and who want to, to be able to support your charity, can we first of all talk about the functions that you have as standard. So you've got a function that happens in London in November, you've got a function that happens uh, in April, and then you have some lunches that happen in, in Lebanon. So can you just tell us about those? Well, yes, every time, uh, before every uh, event, we have a theme, a theme to what is the project, where is the money going? And this is, for example, what is happening next Monday. It's uh, fundraising for at least three kidney transplants. So people are aware of it, uh, aware through uh, our media, aware ab about our social life and all the emails that we send to, to hundreds and hundreds of uh, ladies. Um, and hence, they come knowing where their money is going to go this time. Right. So before every event you focus in on what's needed then, and absolutely. then that's what you promote. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So in April, it might be something else. Of course, of course. Each, each, uh, each event is totally different from the other fundraising purposes. The purpose will come as we prepare for, for the event, then we decide what is the need, what is coming from Lebanon, what, you know, what do they really need. 
Is it uh, operations? Is it uh, uh, another unit in, in a governmental hospital? Or, uh, you know, depends. It depends on a yearly basis what uh, the needs are. Well, Mrs. Carla, it's been fascinating speaking to you, really inspiring. Thank you for having us. And uh, we hope all our listeners head over to www.giveachild.org to support your amazing charity. Thank you for raising the awareness that we so much need, especially for saving lives. Thanks for listening to the London Property Podcast. Head over to londonproperty.co.uk and subscribe to our newsletter to receive latest updates.